What's good, everybody? This is the podcast mercenary, the Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, back at it again with another review. And today's review is going to be a special one. It is not a TV review. It is not even a movie review, to be 100% honest. It is just an opinionated review of me speaking about the current climate that is the independent circuit of pro wrestling in 2020. And why am I bringing this up specifically? Well, it's because there's a lot of things happening in 2020. Obviously, we're not living in a bubble, or technically we are living in a bubble, but the whole world's in a current crisis of pandemic. There's a pandemic going on globally. I don't want to get behind the whole logistics or politics and all that nonsense. We're just dealing with it different ways, and that's as much as I'm going to say about it. But because it's a pandemic, there have been no live pro wrestling events of any brand, any kind worldwide, because obviously social distancing issues, uh, germs spreading by screaming, uh, just crowds crowding, you know, it's you're trying to avoid human contact with each other with people that don't live with you because you don't want to infect yourselves with this virus. So with that being said, today's review is a little bit more of a freehanded review. I don't have any damn notes to read off, so I'm not like paraphrasing. Thank God. I'm just, let me just get my little notes here. I mean, I got notes, but they're not exactly like cues of what happens in a scene or movie or film or something. This is just me just talking, talking jock with a, about sports entertainment or pro wrestling or whatever you want to call this art form, medium, I don't give a damn, whatever you want to call it, that's fine by me. Let's just call it what it is, wrestling. So here we are. And uh, one thing that I've noticed, right, everyone has speculation. Where's this guy going? Where's that guy going? And how about this guy? How about that guy? Okay, relax, everyone. For I have, if you hear it in my notes, I have my list of people that I can verify I've been let go. I don't want to speculate on those who haven't been let go. So with that being said, I shall keep things uh, direct and appropriate. Now, with the current climate, we don't have smaller independent shows, period. Uh, a lot of companies, not even just wrestling companies, just companies in general are going bankrupt and closing down. I mean, look, for, for Pete's sake, Chuck E. Cheese. Kids can no longer have a giant animatronic, what's that animatronics anymore? A giant uh, anthropomorphic rat serving them pizza. I mean, it's sad. Dave and Buster's, I just found out, was in the same boat. And I'm like even more sad because obviously I'm an adult and I want to enjoy my Dave and Buster's, my adult turkey cheese, as I call it. And it's a bummer. Like, a lot of these type of services are just not going to survive the pandemic. And it's not because it's their fault. This is something that happened outside of their control. It is a natural disaster, as far as I know. Uh, we follow speaking conspiracies out there, because I'm not going to feed into that. And it sucks. I mean, a lot of companies, this is like another depression. It's really rough. And from, and from well, all these notes I've got being said, this explains what's going on in the current climate of sports, entertainment, pro wrestling. Why do I use sports entertainment? I'm using that term specifically because we are in reference to WWE superstars being fired. Uh, it sucks. WWE, without smearing them, is the only pro wrestling company in the world, the only one, that's been selfish, greedy, and this is not even throwing slander. This is just fact. They have over $500 million in reserves. Not Vince's personal checkbook, bank accounts, whatever. The company has $500 million. They didn't need to get rid of 100 employees. 
many of whom are obviously pro wrestlers, but they fired coaches, referees, producers, any type of uh, work, you know, they, they just cut corners to save money so they can have bigger profit margins for the next uh, stock meeting with their um, with their investors. So that being said, it's a cold, hard world. It's business. Life's a bitch. We move on from that because I'm not going to sit here uh, preaching about this, you know. I'm just saying it what it is. And you've heard it from every other wrestling podcaster out there, and I don't want to feed into that. I want to feed into this. What I have here is a list of the top 20, 21, maybe 22, give or take, uh, wrestlers that were released from WWE. And it's sad. I mean, let's face it. These guys are all given contracts, promised so much money. And after they signed the dotted line for these extensions, these five-year crazy contracts that no company, not just wrestling, no sports brand has ever given somebody. I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes just got a 10-year deal, but he got almost half. He got half a billion dollars for 10 years. I would have taken that deal, too. Let's be straight. Like, that is an amazing deal. But WWE contracts are nowhere near those uh, extra. Think about it. Patrick Mahomes' contract is the whole entire budget of the WWE. Put that into perspective how much money there is in football. So, that being said, most wrestlers who are even in the top echelon of the you know card, not just mid-card, but those who are up there. Because some up-there talent got, a, got it fired, and it's just blown my mind. So, let me just give you the list of who got fired that I know of. We got... Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, the good brothers, you know, the um, two former uh, tag teams from the Bullet Club and former um, the um, the club and the OC, you know, members. Uh, it sucks. These guys are awesome. They were scouted so well from New Japan. They were scouted from, I mean, Luke Gallows already had history when he was Festus like over a decade ago back, you know, in the uh, Ruthless Aggression era. So, like, they already had an established uh, rapport with Vince and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, it's just like, these guys are great. These guys are at the main event. Like, let's straight up, let's call it what it is. They were in the main event of WrestleMania when Undertaker went against AJ Styles for what everyone calls the retirement match, the uh, Boneyard match, right? So, these guys were there. They were part of the biggest match of the card. I mean, WrestleMania this year was mostly in the Performance Center, but they did some cinematics to give it some sort of diversity to make it look more um, cinematic, more make it more worth your buck. And now everyone's speculating that they're at first everyone's like, oh, they're going to go to AEW because that's where everyone gets fired and WWE goes. That's not always the case. AEW understands that and they are self-aware that everyone thinks that they're going to hire every single WWE fired fiery like no they can't afford to hire everyone wwe like wwe for the last five six years has been siphoning pro wrestlers of all organizations worldwide because they can afford to at the time they could afford to they can't afford to do that right now because they aren't running shows they're not making money from shows live events they're only making money from tv uh deals and um and, and merch sales and yes, those bring in money, but the live shows, I mean, not even, they even stopped doing um, house shows because they weren't bringing in, raking in money. So they know their business, like they're all business. Like, sorry to say, everyone's feelings are going to get hurt, but end of the day, they are a business. They are a Fortune 500 company that's a blue chip, you know, they're on the stock market. They're the epitome of soulless 
you know, like any company at that point is not a family. Like this is where the difference is between an Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and AEW. They're run by smaller corporations, not corporations, companies that can handle multiple aspects at once. And it feels like a family environment. With WWE, it's such a monster and such a huge in size. It's like the Disney of wrestling. There's too many layers. Like, not everyone can just go right to Vince. Vince is the top dog. But even he answers the boardroom. And, you know, sorry to say, people, but they they, they do not mince well personal. Nothing is personal when it comes to WWE. They're trying to make profit. And if they're not making profit, they're going to cut loose ends. And they do this every year. Don't get it twisted. But it just comes off wrong this year because of the pandemic. So it makes them look like, look like the bad guy. But they do this every year. But they don't ever do this to the amount of people. Like I remember in 2019 and 2018, 2017, they released some big names. But they only released like six or seven at a time. They released 100 employees this year. That is unheard of from a, you know any company. Like I've yet to hear about people getting fired for pandemics because it's not ethical to what environment are these guys and the go and girls are gonna go out and do? Like they can't go to independent shows. Independent shows are barely coming back. Like they just started running independent shows. I think Pro and Teeds has uh, a partnership with the show starting August first called Talk and Shop of Mania, where they have a big ring set up in the middle of the woods. I don't know if it's pre-recorded, I don't know if it's gonna be an audience, it's not made up of wrestlers and whatnot, but it's the next big event for independent wrestling, which is great because a lot of independent wrestling you know, wrestlers need to get jobs. So that being said, let's continue. All right, so we got EC3. This is a tricky one because EC3 used to be a huge name back in Impact. It's Ethan Carter III, and he is not someone to be taken lately. The guy has an amazing physique. He's in the prime of his life. He can carry any match. He has the full package, and I don't know why WWE under utilize this guy like he's so good but he's not crying about it matter of fact his video wasn't him saying you know i feel bad that i got fired he's like let's just work out and keep him moving he's changed his look up a little bit so my pick for ec3 is i don't think he's going back to impact i think he's been there done that even though impact has been teasing a lot of their former guys uh honestly i just think it's going to be him at uh showing up at the next big uh aw show that's where i pinned EC3. Next, we got uh, Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick is an interesting one because some people think his situation is pretty freaking messed up. So Drake Maverick was fired, made it a really compelling video where he was crying and he was even wearing like a WWE like you know performance center shirt. I think it was just like a regular generic WWE shirt. And during his video. You can tell he was super sad. He's like, I'm going to find my way. I understand his circumstance because Drake Maverick isn't the biggest guy, isn't the tallest guy either. But the man can go. This guy can go. And he was never utilized as a wrestler. Like Mr. Rockstar Spud from Impact was never utilized for what he He was like a, a manager for a bit. Uh, he was a, uh, a general manager for uh, 205 Live. And they barely used him on anything. So I'm kind of happy he got rehired for nxt but it, it almost seems kind of messed up with the circumstances because the it almost seems like a setup like this was actually work and i don't want to uh, i don't want to assume it's a work i want to say he was just that good in that video that he's like we cannot afford a loose guy because this guy is going to be the biggest baby face whatever company that grabs him and again impact had him on that video reel which is why i'm not ruling out wrestlers not 
in the video reel actually been going to Impact. Impact is just have they have the footage and rights to those characters, like those people that they were there before. So if they tease all the guys WWE is fired, and WWE has been furloughing and rehiring wrestlers according to their budget, they're not going to take all of them back. They're going to probably take five out of the twenty-two wrestlers, and Drake was one of them. He's just Again, you don't want to take a guy when he's hot and let him become hot somewhere else. So it was smart of them for rehiring him, and he's going to fit the cruiserweight division on NXT, and hopefully he flourishes. Next one's an interesting one. Eric Young. Okay, so Eric Young used to work at Impact. He was their version of Daniel Bryan, biggest baby face in the company. He was almost a comedy character for far too long because the guy was a really good wrestler. And... He was brought to NXT to be the leader of a faction that was very dominant NXT, dominance on NXT and somehow just uh, floundered on the main roster, which I don't understand why. Their gimmick was amazing. They were like anarchists. like They were this like rebellious group. They all fit. Killing Dane, uh, Nikki Cross is uh, Killing Dane's uh, real-life shoot wife. Uh, and then, um, what's his other dude's name? The German guy. My gosh, I can forget. He's in the Emporium right now. Alexander Wolf. There we go. So obviously those wrestlers didn't get fired because they're good wrestlers. And they worked well together. So I don't understand why this group never even lasted more than it should have. Like it should have gone further. But it is what it is. It always comes down to events. There's a lot of NXT projects that get buried in the main roster because they don't fit the quote-unquote uh, sports entertainment background that Vince needs for these guys. He doesn't care about good wrestlers. He cares about good characters. And if you're not a good promo, if you're not a good character – doesn't matter how many damn star matches you have. You're going to just end up becoming a jobber, chasing after the 24-7 belt like everybody else. And that's just the sad truth. It's like being a good wrestler is not what's going to get you far in the wrestling business. As ironic as that shit sounds, I don't understand how it is. What it, they're, they're trying to make it more like live action theater. The better actor, the better speaker, the better performer, emoter, those who could sell moves more, like those who can you know, do things that are more coherent to the television viewing than going to a live wrestling show. So that's where, oh yeah, I never said where. So Eric Young, I see him going back to Impact because they could use a guy like him as a producer backstage and he could train some of the younger guys that just got hired like Chris Bay who could use a little bit of uh, fine-tuning. Not that Chris Bay is green by any chance. I would never say that kind of comment, but you know what I'm saying. It's just one of those things where... uh, you know, we take in consideration how every company is trying to make their own young lions. Every company is trying to make their own everything as far as creating within themselves, not relying on independent wrestling, especially during a pandemic where there is no quote-unquote independent wrestling. Having your own performance center like WWE or having your own young alliance program like New Japan, having your own anything where you can grow stars within is just more resourceful and you're not relying so much on guys coming in with experience in the outside world because – if they're within your bubble, they can train within your camp so they don't have to worry about them getting hurt, kind of uh, getting sick, kind of like the UFC is doing. And the NBA as well with this, these bubble lifestyle events and also with, uh, I think, baseball as well, MLB and, and NFL, we got to wait and see. But, yeah, so that's where I picture him going. Going back there as a, as a helping hand to, you know, polish these young stars so they look good. And he's great because he was a good producer backstage in the WWE. So, like, again, they just couldn't afford him because they're trying to save and make budget. It is what it is. I don't think he has any hard feelings about it anyways because it's the business. People are people are used to getting fired and hired on the dime. So 
There's no job security in the sport. In a in the sport, there's no job security in independent wrestling and pro wrestling. You just gotta enjoy it when you have the limelight and just suck suck it all in, man. Just enjoy it. So next up, we got Sarah Logan. Now Sarah Logan is interesting because she got fired, and everyone's like, "All right, she might go to AEW and help with the women's roster, or she might go to Impact where they're gonna stack women's roster." Currently, she's actually retired from the ring because she just doesn't want to do it anymore, and she's very young too. And then I heard rumors she wanted to be an MMA fighter and start doing that. But then we got a confirmation just this week that she is actually, in fact, pregnant and going to give birth to uh, Eric and the Viking Raiders, uh, their first child. So congrats to them. You know, the young couple, they look really nice together. Uh, they're starting a family. So whatever is in her future, it involves children at the moment. And I'm not ruling out she's going back to work. But she didn't want to switch careers at the MMA. And I don't think uh, becoming an MMA fighter might have been the... Uh, bad timing for her considering she has to you know raise kids because many mixed martial art mixed martial artists of the female gender sex whatever you want to call it um don't raise kids till after they retire from the ring or cage sorry from the cage because it's just hard to balance that fighter lifestyle and also raising kids that's not easy on anybody okay so she is just excited for the time being next up we got one of my favorites miro Rusev, Rusev Mashka, okay, Alexander Rusev, now known as just plain old Miro. Now, I've been following Miro on Instagram, I've been following him on Twitch, he's a really entertaining guy, I like his videos, I like his Twitch streams, he's fun, you know, and he's good for protecting the business because he didn't show off his wife on his Twitch streams till recently because, you know, they're, they were still in storyline. But they're working out the whole uh, divorce angle now, Bobby and Lana. So now CJ can actually show up on his channel as his shoot wife because it won't, you know, it won't, uh, you're not taking it apart the curtain. Whatever, however the, the, these guys say it, you know, we're not looking behind the curtain. You're not breaking character. Breaking character. There we go. Holy shit. Why did it take so much for me to say that? Probably because I'm hot as hell. It is 98 degrees here, people. I am with the AC blast, and if you hear it, it's too bad. It is hot as hell, and I don't have central air, so excuse me if it's loud. Uh, so, yeah, so where will Miro go? Um, honestly, I got him pinned for a uh, AEW New Japan co-contract. Why both? I will tell you why. Rusev is a guy that's very worldly, and he's also wanted to do things differently than most people. He likes – a lot of these wrestlers see Japan as a uh, – highlight of their careers like there's something about going to japan that you just share with your friends it's just like one of those stories like yeah my time in japan was something different like listen it's literally halfway across the world i want to go to japan because i'm a huge fan of like martial arts anime and video games so i have a lot of geeky reasons and history i actually like a lot of the you know um old school feudal japan type stuff as far as swords i'm a big uh weapons guy when it comes to swords like katanas and tantos and wakasashis and i like looking at old temples i'm a photographer on the side so i would love to take pictures of those old temples i just am very enthralled in asian culture in general but i'd love to go to japan since i was a kid and i would love to go on there does to be a wrestler to go there it's just different it's just something about reading being a wrestler in japan it's just like a whole different world and if you get that experience, you can take that strong style uh, style 
anywhere and become a big name because every guy that goes to New Japan for some reason becomes a megastar. I mean, every American or every big name, I should say, this is American. Every big name, American star. So not necessarily they're born in America. They're, they got, became stars in America. They go to Japan. They always get fine-tuned and then come back to the States even better and well-polished. So there's a reason why they want to go there. It's not for the cool, you know, cultural experience. It's for the experience of in-ring with some of the best of the best because New Japan to this day still has some of the best pound-for-pound technical wrestling in the world. And that is, you know, undisputed by anybody's opinion. So, yeah, so who do we got next on this list? Got to go faster. I'm going to go super slow. Uh, We got Kurt Angle. This is an interesting one because I think Kurt Angle might go back to WWE because he just seems like anywhere else he goes, it doesn't really make sense because he's so tenured. Like, they're going to rehire him as a producer because they already rehired some of the guys who are, like, furloughed. So Angle can come back and do some stuff, and he can be a coach at the Performance Center. I think Triple H would take him back in a heartbeat just to train young guys. I mean, he's a former Olympic gold medalist. Why wouldn't you want him? And it was weird that he got fired because he just got hired. But then again, Lance Storm, who is not on my list because he's more of a producer role, was literally just shut down his wrestling school this year and had to start his life in America again and just got fired. So, like, I mean, furloughed. So, you know, anything's possible. But, yeah, I find uh, Kurt either either there or maybe Kurt can see, I can see Kurt in Impact back there as a producer with Eric Young. That would be pretty cool. Again, backstage role, helping these young, mold these young guys and girls into bigger names and getting them more fine-tuned. What else? Curtis Axel. Curtis is a, you know, legacy wrestler. His dad, Mr. Perfect, was one of the biggest names in pro wrestling back in my childhood. And the fact they let him go after being there almost got 15, 16 years, like, I'm just surprised that, sad to say, I'm surprised they didn't let him go sooner. Nothing personal. I just don't think anything spectacular about him is going to happen in this late in the game. Like, he's, you know, he's past his prime as far as being this megastar and back when he was McGillicuddy he was great he was the young you know potential filled wrestler not that he didn't have potential he's not a good wrestler now but it's just his star power diminished so he'd be great in New Japan because he can restart his career there become come back as a badass and literally reinvent himself and he could just go there and really stand out and you know fill that roster up because I would love to see Kurt Henning in Bullet Club. It would be dope to see him in that. Now, he's no beans party. He's a good 40. But you know what? Nowadays, a lot of older wrestlers are doing well anyways. I mean, look at Jericho. Almost pushing 50, still doing it. So it is possible to reinvent yourself at a certain age. Anything is possible when you have dedication and stride to actually do something about it. Not just complain. So that being said, he would be phenomenal for either um, Bullet Club in New Japan or even... Uh, Suzuki Gun. That'd be a nice, nice place to put him in. Okay, so next we've got uh, Cassius Ono, Chris Hero. I see him in Ring of Honor. Just going back there just because to make a good paycheck for now. Uh, nothing against him. I just think at this point that's just the easy way to get. Ring of Honor needs people, and they'll take him back in a heartbeat. Then we got Rowan. Rowan's another interesting one because Eric Rowan is such a massive Viking-sized man. This guy's a beast. And he looks menacing, and he has heel written all over him. So whatever company takes him is going to utilize him to his best potential. And when he had that little uh, thing with Daniel Bryan, they were a good pairing. I just wish, you know, they would have done something with it. But alas, it got cut short. He got let go. It is what it is. So he's going off to 
Where do I have them here? Oh, I have them in New Japan. But I also have them in a contract with AEW because of the whole Luke Harper, Dark Order thing. Maybe he could be part of the Dark Order. Maybe he doesn't have to be part of the Dark Order. Why does him and Luke Harper always have to be paired together? But he'd fit perfectly in any of these companies because he is that big menacing force that any company could use. Because not to say anything negative about the current crop of wrestlers, but a lot of them are shorter in stature compared to the wrestlers of the old. I'm not going to make comments on their weight and physique. I'm just saying height. And this guy's massive in height. So, with that being said, he'd be a, he'd make a killing in Japan. He'd make a killing, too, and an impact because they have a really lack thereof men's roster, and they could use a guy like that. Especially, like, can you imagine Moose versus uh, Rowan? That'd be pretty dope right there. That would be a solid matchup. Strong, hard fist. Okay, so next I got Maria and Mike Bennett. Mike and Maria... Canellas, you know, formerly known as, I see them in AEW for sure. Like, they are meant for that, especially with all the anti-WWE heat they're giving. They're going to have to start a podcast about, you know, shitting on the brand. So they fit right in AEW. Hell yeah, they fit there. And also, he was an impact. Would he go back? Mm, I doubt it. But I see him going back to New Japan just to have that, like, you know, there's a... There's a weird thing with New Japan. I don't want to say it's a love-hate relationship, but just going there helps. And a lot of wrestlers, that doesn't mean they sign exclusively to New Japan. A lot of people just go there for a run just to get their chops, you know, sharpened to tools and trade. They're trying to get more. They kind of use that as a performance center. If you can, you know, look good in Japan, you can go to any American company and make yourself look even better. It's a good marketing tool. Whenever wrestlers go to New Japan, and come back to the States. It's like, it looks good in your resume. That's what it is. So he's going to go there, have a small run, but eventually end up in AEW. That's where I see him. So he can compete directly against NXT and WWE and really rub in their faces because that's the kind of people that Mike and Maria have presented themselves as because they're jaded right now. And it's not a slight. That's just how they're presenting themselves. Meaning this is how they're presenting their work characters. Whether it's a shoot work that's to everyone's discretion i for one do not care but it would look great to have them on aw because they could use some more depth i mean characters are something that they could use in aw for sure they get enough workers there a lot of indie stars but they need people with characters and these two are built for the big tv screen okay so who do we got next no way jose okay no way jose i think i put this young man who has a great physique, don't get me wrong. He's, uh, and he's still a little bit green in the gills, so I think I have him. Did I even write him down? You know what? Impact. He's an impact guy for sure. He's going to fit right into everybody else. Good environment, you know, get a steady paycheck. Do independent shows, of course. But impact could use a guy like him just because they need more mid-card guys. And he's not just a clown, you know, I don't say clown character. He's not just a comedy character, but... He's got the figure to actually go, and let's hope, you know, Impact is sharpen his tools there. So let's see what happens. Next up, we have Matt Cardona, the Long Island IC, formerly known as Zack Ryder. Cardona's definitely going to AEW. He's besties with Cody. There's hands down, there's no freaking. Whoever thinks he's not going to AEW, no matter how many uh, times he, cur- he, he, he tries to swerve us, he's going there, okay? You want to know why? Confirmation right here. 
He's always subbing AEW stuff. Um, Taz, the Taz connection with him bringing back the FTW belt, bringing back unsanctioned belt that wasn't represented anywhere. There was just a personal belt. The fact that made it to Dynamite on TNT, that belt from Taz, I I dead ass believe that the you know Internet Champ belt will most definitely end up on AEW Dynamite. And Cardona fits right in with everybody in there. And you know what? People are saying, oh, what did they do another Four Horsemen? I'm like, okay. If you're doing the Four Horsemen, everyone's like, okay, it's going to be the, it's going to be F, FTR, Cody, and Sean Spears. What if it's not Cody? That's the funny part. Everyone's like, okay, so Cody's got to be like the Ric Flair character in the Four Horsemen, right? Nah. He would never join this faction. This is all a swerve. I think they're going to make Cardona the biggest heel on AEW. And he is going to be amazing on there going up against Cody as almost like a you know a rivalry of sorts. And that's just my personal take. It's my fan fiction. So let's just see what happens. That's just my theory. If, I, if it doesn't show up that way, that's cool. I'm not here to say things are fact. I'm here to give opinions. And I'd like to see a heel Zack Ryder. So we'll see what happens. Next up, we have let's see, uh, Tino Sabatelli. You know what? Tino is is a is a is a hard one. Former football player, great physique, great height. Current boyfriend, I think of Manny Rose still. You know, he's got the, the look. He's he can work. When him and uh, Riddick Moss were a tag team, they were pretty solid on NXT. But they were part of the NXT that wasn't really watched as much. That class after the Big E and Seth Rollins were promoted, but before all these other like. Indie Darlings came in, so he kind of got lost in the shuffle. And honestly, God, I see him getting lost in the shuffle anywhere he goes, just because he lacked character. He has no depth of character. But that's something you develop when you're given something. You know, working comes natural when you're a pro athlete. Becoming charismatic, it's just you're born with fit or you're not. But at the same time, acting classes, anybody can take an acting course and learn to become a good actor. Question is, how do you become a great uh actor how do you become a great you know for uh, presence and i don't want to underestimate his his skill set because we've barely seen him enough on nxt to begin with to even judge his full body of work but i just see him anywhere like i think i'm gonna put him over at impact not even to be honest i see him in the indie circuit for a while i just don't see him doing anything just yet he has to kind of like make a name for himself in order for him to actually that is if he pursues this or if he just retires. Who knows? I mean, if he's a former football player, I'm pretty sure he has uh, enough money in reserves where he's not struggling financially. So, you know, maybe he's going to take a break. Or maybe, just maybe, he might actually uh, work his way in the indie circuit back to WWE. Because, you know, it could happen. So, for him, I just have him, eh, I guess the I have him in impact. Yeah, I can see him there. do 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 Let's see. I think that's everyone. Uh, Sing Brothers are rumored. I don't want to say anything until it's confirmed. But they're stuck in Canada because of quarantine, so I can see them getting fired for that sake. The WWE is not going to pay you to stay home, so it is what it is. Uh, Luke and Carl already said New Japan and Impact. I think that's my whole list. I don't think I missed anybody. If I did, I think I might have missed Leo Rush. That's the. Oh no, I missed two guys, two important characters. Leo Rush and Aiden English. Leo Rush essentially has 
work, sh- uh, shoot, quit pro wrestling for the time being. He's pursuing music. He's trying to become like a a uh, emo rapper, some you know, a la Juice World or like you know, Kid Cudi. And he's actually working with Wale. So I mean, he's actually taking this music shit seriously. So, hang, you know, my. I take my hats off to him for trying something different. Plus, he's young enough where he can do that kind of music, and he doesn't seem like he's an old guy trying hard to be to look cool and young. So he's trying to do other avenues. Now that being said, what other company has musicians slash uh, wrestlers? Currently on AEW, you have the uh, producer there, Mikey Ruckus, who just debuted his first single on a you know on fight. Fighter Fest, and he's making his own music while also being a producer for theme music for the wrestlers on the roster. So if he's able to juggle that, I don't see why Leo Rush can't do both. You know, become a rapper instead of going to you know anywhere else. Instead of just Wednesdays, he shows up on Dynamite on AEW, and six days of the week he's touring elsewhere. So he has to make sure his tours line up with him showing up on Dynamite. Because Jericho does music. Another one, Chris Jericho, the GOAT. You know, like he's the biggest name per se right now on AEW. I say per se because, you know, a lot of young stars getting built like Moxley, who's kind of young, kind of old, you know, in the middle. He's he's in the stride of his prime. But still, Jericho is the biggest name on their roster. And he has a whole band. And they're going to tour all the time. So it is possible to go on a tour. You just got to write your character off for a few months, you know, whether it's a foot. Uh, a uh, work injury or whatever. So Leo Rush, I see him in AEW and also balancing a music career. So, and of course, Aiden English, that's another one. If he's not on Impact, I see him nowhere else but AEW because Impact could use a guy like Aiden English. He has good charisma. He can speak well. Uh, he, you know, he looks great. And also I see him as being somebody that like can help boost other characters up. So I see him in AEW with Miro or an Impact with Miro. Honestly, I just see him whatever with Miro because those two are so good together. They Them not being together would be a catastrophe to the wrestling world. I just got to say, I want to see them take their act worldwide. And it doesn't have to be a Rusev day. It could be Miro day. Or it could be something completely different. But Aiden English is not the strongest looking wrestler. So him paired up as a tag team partner with Miro or being his manager would be dope as shit. So I definitely see them together whatever brands you know side by side or he could just be a commentator anywhere since he's taken up commentating on 205 live i can actually see him just doing commentating because it's less stress on the body and something he can do literally wherever ring announcer i can see him as another great ring announcer because he has the pipes from his uh opera and you know broadway or off broadway or theater background sorry can't keep forgetting the theater's a thing Broadway's a specific location. Okay, so theater background, you know, and stage acting. So he can definitely be a good ring announcer. Anywhere we'd be lucky to have it in English. But yeah. Anyways, this is it. This has been the giant list. Good Lord, I'm finished. Thank God. This is this is a lot of people. This is a lot of people. Did I miss Heath Slater? No. Why do I feel like I miss Heath Slater? I talk so much about him. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Impact with Rhino. Tag Team Champs. Okay. Just had to double check. I this is my list, yeah. I think I covered everyone's bases here. Oh, this is another one actually that's not a WWE fiery. I'm gonna just toss it out there. Tessa Blanchard, former Impact World Champion, not the former Knockout Champion, the former Males Belt Champion. Controversial, I know. 
stuck in Mexico because COVID-19, but she's in the middle of getting married with uh, Daga and, you know, they're going to have a big wedding and whatnot. Okay, cool. Controversial is, to say the least with Tessa, because of her backstage bullying and all this history of her being dramatic. She was very young. She's only 24 going on 25. This girl has ages to mature and become better. Now, that being said, I know AEW is on the social justice stance where they're not going to take anybody with a bad rep just because Tony Khan does treat his brand like it's a sports entity. So if you have bad rapport with the general public and you have a lot of slander on yourself going online, all that heat is not going to come your way with a very multicultural roster at AEW of women you know, wrestlers. Mind you, I know that Big Swole vouched for her and said, hey, maybe her, you know, pastor dad, you know, be Tully Blanchard, who works there, can help guide her so she doesn't repeat her mistakes. This is true. If your dad's working for the same company you are, you're not going to embarrass yourself and know your dad's going to hear about it. So that wouldn't be a bad thing to happen for her. Tesla could be a great grab for AEW. Bet she's not. There's already, there's already rumors of her going to WWE, showing up at the Mae Young, not Mae Young Classic, showing up at the uh, second, uh, second ever women's evolution pay-per-view and i definitely seeing see her there because people want to see her and charlotte go at it it's the you know horse women's daughters legacy fight we all need to see and wwe has no problem taking controversial figures back you know like hulk hogan who definitely has had a blemished and blemishes or two in his career so that being said, she's going to WWE. So this one was a backwards, not leaving WWE, but going towards it. So that's what I see there. And who else outside of WWE got fired? Uh, oh, Cain Velasquez. How did I forget Kane? I'm sorry. WWE fired Cain Velasquez because they only wanted him for that WrestleMania uh, match with Brock Lesnar for the ratings. I get it. But he's a great lucha wrestler, so I see him back in AAA. But who is AAA cool with these days? AEW. And he did work with Cody in that three-man tag. And I definitely see him there becoming their version of, you know, not their version of Brock Lesnar. Cain Velasquez is a beast in his own right, but their version of the badass MMA guy. Granted, I know that, you know, Jake Hager works there. But Kane is an upper echelon UFC legend. You have him on that brand. He's going to bring, you know, bring fight fans to watch that show. So, yes, it would be amazing grab. If he doesn't end up in AEW, I don't see him anywhere else. I don't think Kane knows about New Japan like that. I don't think Kane's going to try to go to Impact Wrestling. But he'll definitely go back to Mexico because he's already worked there. He knows how it works. And he has good relationship with them. So I see him with a dual contract with AEW and AAA uh, Lucha. So that'd be a great grab for both brands because Kane is a name that people know and respect. So there's that. This is my list. If I left anybody else, sorry. This has been a long ass, almost 40 minutes. So let me wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening for this uh, sports wrestling draft, and we'll see where everybody ends up. Are my predictions correct? Great. If they're not, we'll find out in a week or so. So thank you for tuning in to this CJR Sports Review. I've been one podcast mercenary, Christian Joel Ramos. Until next time, take care. Stay safe.